the pitch to the left-hand batter. Swung on and missed for strike one. Chipped, actually, back into the big glove. It is impossible to tell from the stands or from the dugout, for that matter, on many occasions when a ball is barely tipped back into the catcher's mitt. And so for that reason, the umpire gives a tip sign. Pitch comes inside, pops out of the big glove and comes all the way back. So it's one and one. Third base in on the edge of the grass against the left-hand batter who has excellent speed. There's a drive out of the left field. He's going to drop in for base in. He's one home. Welcome to the BBA Today, your podcast that covers events around the Brewster Baseball Association every day with your host, Yellow Springs 9 General Manager, Ron Collins. And now, let's get on with the show. Hey, it is episode number 17, and today it is another Uneva Friday. Uh, I am really excited today uh, to have Ben Huring with me, uh, Jerusalem General Manager. Did I pronounce your last name correctly, Ben, ben Huring? Um, it's... Hearing, kind of like hearing, but yeah, you're not the first to get, um, to invertly mispronounce it. It's okay. You can say I got it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm just just trying. Yeah. Um, so Ben Hearing is with me here today. Ben has been with Jerusalem now. I think this is your third season. If I'm uh, counting my counting on my fingers correctly, uh, Ben, um, welcome to the BBA today. And as the uh, as a uh, veteran Umeba uh, general manager, I'm very interested to uh, hear you talk a little bit about the Umeba, and um, and uh, we'll kind of get a good flavor of where we're at here in what June 23rd of 2042 game yep. time. So thanks for your time here today. No problem. Thanks for having me, Ron. Excellent. Um, so yeah, talk to me a little bit about your three seasons. Um, you know, what is it like uh, right now to be a Umeba uh, GM, and um, maybe how has that changed over the over the wild and woolly three years that have gone on so far within your career? Well, I'd say it's interesting because when I took over the um, job in Jerusalem, obviously Jerusalem was kind of the big dog in the park, and obviously with... Um, kind of Brett kind of building the monster and then, um, you know, Mike Simon, who's now in Madison, kind of maintaining the monster. It's like um, when you first take a look at the squad, I'm like, this is a very good team. I'm like, I'm trying to figure out a way to kind of keep it going while also trying to kind of make the squad my own. And the one thing I do like about the Amoeba is, We've got a lot of good GMs in the league and a lot of teams that are getting, you know, a lot better and getting more competitive. I know, like, especially, like, the two expansion franchises in Kuwait City and Athens have both done a good job considering they had to build a team from scratch about the benefit of an expansion draft like um, the BBA expansion teams have had. Yeah, it's kind of a wild... Um um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it, it really is an well, oscillating I'm, world out there. <laughs> yeah, it seems like right. Uh, Athens and Kuwait City actually had to create their team literally from scratch, unlike some of mm-hmm. the other um, 
expansion teams that we've had in the BBA where we would have like an expansion draft and so forth. So that's kind of a, a start your own a, a starter kit from the ground up, which I think is fascinating. I look at you, you talk about the the really good general managers in uh, in the Umeba right now, and we were chatting a little bit before we started this. The the whole culture in the Umeba is starting to spin up. I think that it's interesting. I'd be interested in your take. Um, you know, the when I say wild and woolly, I look at teams like you know Baghdad. A year or two, they were a 62 team, uh-huh. uh, a 62 win team, and today Jove's got them uh, battling for the Burt League title. Uh, they're at 43 uh-huh. and 32 as we speak, right? And yep. you look at at uh, Beirut. A couple years ago, they were at 64 wins, and now they're at 84, and they've had a little bit of a of a rotating chair in their GM. You look at mm-hmm. uh, Istanbul was 57 wins, and yep. they actually won United Cup last year. Mumbai mm-hmm. was 96 and dropped down to 72. It seems like the um, the standings churn pretty rapidly inside the Umeba uh, relative to maybe some other leagues. And I know you you were you've been in some other leagues uh, before. I'd be interested mm-hmm. in your perspective of why, uh, number one, am I feeling correct there from your seat? Mm-hmm. And number two, do you have any feeling for why that might be, assuming that I am correct? I definitely think um, you are right. Um, I know I'd say probably um, because it's you know relatively easier um, mathematically to make the playoffs because obviously the top two teams in each um, division advance so like you don't need to worry about kind of like overtaking um you know teams in other divisions like for instance in the bb i know you have yellow springs kind of back in the playoff hunt obviously but you're not leading the heartland and you got to worry about um what teams in like the in the other division in your league are doing versus kind of where me and the Bancroft, you know, I only have to worry about the other teams in my division. So I, I won't be surprised to see the rivalries in the league kind of be more divisional based. Mm-hmm. If, if that makes sense. Um, um, I know like obviously kind of the other thing that, I've noticed definitely kind of about the reason why it's kind of a good GM is, is because I think the reputation of the Brewster is kind of very um, well respected and you kind of get a lot of um, GMs, you know, that want to come back. Like I know, you know, Mike, the guy who just kind of rejoined the league, you know, obviously he's been in the league in the past mm-hmm. and, and it's also, you know, not a big surprise that we've seen guys come up from the Umiba into the BBA and have success. Like, I think Brett's kind of the ultimate example because, you know, he did win a Landis a couple of years ago with um, Vegas. Yes, he did. And Brett is actually an interesting candidate in that sense because uh, obviously he has a steeped history with the BBA mm-hmm. uh, as a rule. But I think. I've said before, and I finally got confirmation from him that I can I can speak for him that I don't think his intention 
Uh, he wanted to come in and, and help create the Umeba, and his intention was to be a Umeba GM forever and ever, um, that Las Vegas was literally the only team that he would have left the Umeba mm-hmm. for. Um, you know, I'm interested, I guess, um, the uh, the turnover within the Umeba is a little bit unique, I think, within mm-hmm. the context of most online leagues and within the context of the um, of the North American centric uh, BBA, <laughs> uh, in mm-hmm. that uh, we did develop the, the Umeba, uh, partially at least a, a large piece of the reason was to create a landing place for new general managers to come in and get their their toes wet within the BBA. Mm-hmm. So you lose general managers managers out of the Umeba to come into the BBA. And if my count is right, there have been nine of them all total in the past uh, six seasons. Uh, Nigel, Jeffrey, Brett, Greg, James, Jeff, Vic, Doug, and Joe, I think all came through the Umeba. Um, You know, most online leagues lose uh, lose general managers just from the the churn of, you know, a new guy comes in and they spend a year and they say, it's not for me, and then they leave. You get a little bit of that, I think, within the Umeba. Uh, but it feels, uh, as I looked at some of the guys who have come in and, and left, it seems like most of the churn is from, you know, people jumping out of the Umeba into the BBA. Uh, how much yeah. do you think that has to play with the with the issue of uh, issue with the trait of being able to build quickly and fall quickly? Um, uh, it seems like player acquisition is very different for you guys. The learning curve is maybe different, and GM turnover is different. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, definitely. I think, like, kind of, I guess the advantage a newer GM has coming into the Umeba is that kind of the other um, GMs that we might not necessarily know kind of what their preferences are. Because, you know, I get the sense, like, um, kind of in the BBA, kind of how, you know, y'all are more of a kind of a veteran core, and y'all kind of know kind of what teams you like to um, build, and you can kind of capitalize on, like, GM's kind of strengths and weaknesses in, like, a trade versus, you know, my challenge in the Umeba is I'm constantly, you know, having to see kind of newer GMs who, you know, I might not have um, played with them in an online league before. So kind of, I have to kind of just wonder, okay, what's their um, strategy? Kind of what do they value? Are they more of like a kind of a rebuild through the draft? Do they prefer to make trades? Do they value certain positions? Yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't really thought about it that way, but that makes a whole lot of sense. It's kind of like the... Uh... I have friends who are uh, poker players, right? They don't call themselves gamblers. They call themselves card players. <laughs> and mm-hmm. their point of view is they don't even play their cards. They play the other guy. You know, they, they know the mm-hmm. – they try to understand the traits of the other uh, general managers. And in that sense, um, it actually makes sense because as you're sitting there looking at trades, uh, what I'm hearing you say, for example, if you're looking at trades and you know um, – and I know enough about – Chris Wilson to know the kind of players he's interested in, or Fred Holmes. Yeah, uh, I almost know in advance what kind of offers to be making them, whereas you're kind of mm-hmm. flying more blind in the Umeba. Is that what you were saying? Yeah, and I guess I'd also say in terms of like kind of how I look for um, players is, you know, I don't have the necessarily the 
financial kind of resources or, you know, the Amoeba doesn't necessarily be like the first choice where I can't get into a, you know, like a bidding war with um, kind of you guys. Like, for instance, if Yellow Springs wants a player and, you know, I want a player, I, I got to realize probably players going to go to Yellow Springs. Well, that would so just kinda, be natural for all players to want to come to Yellow yeah. Springs pretty much no matter what, right? I mean, that just <laughs> yeah. that would only make sense. They, they want to come play for a high upstanding, um, you know, yeah. organization with a great, you know, history and a moral center that that fits their... Yeah. Um, so, so you know, you could you'd have to maybe think about Loserville first. You know, why would anyone yeah. go to Loserville except for money? You know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that I understand. I'm, yeah, and I mean, obviously, like I kind of you know thought to myself when I joined there, I kind of viewed the Emiba as kind of like the BBA's version of like the Nippon Professional Baseball, of the Japanese league in mm-hmm. real life. Where it's kind of like you can make a career there and you can kind of a lot of, you know, players you want to see. But obviously there are some players who kind of want to join the Japanese league who their dream is to kind of go over to North America. Sure. And, you know, I feel as a, as a, maybe GM, one of the advantages I have is I kind of have to get to know a lot of the BBA teams better kind of to get a sense of, Kind of, okay, how is the farm system stacking up? You know, are there any players who might be like falling through the cracks? So, like, if I eventually do get the call up to um, an organization, it's like I kind of have more of an advantage because I already kind of know the lay of the land a little bit. Yeah, that makes sense too because those are your um, the BBA uh, farm teams and waiver wires are one of the primary player acquisition mm-hmm. methodologies within the UMEBA, as I would, would guess mm-hmm. it. Um, let me ask, let me kind of, uh, turn us to the, uh, standings a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, I think last time I talked with Dylan, he was talking about the league being a very offensive oriented, uh, uh oriented league. Um, your, uh, Umeba drafts have now been built up a little bit, I think, and so I'm interested mm-hmm. in two things. Um, looking at the standings right now and the flavor of actual play on the field being offensive, um, do you what what is it that you uh, feel is the do you feel like the drafts are going to do anything to um, bring younger pitchers into the game, which maybe would be an impact mm-hmm. to the offensive side of the things? Um, or do you feel like, you know, you look around the, the league right now, um, Istanbul, Baghdad, Cairo at the top of the BERT, all within a few games. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Your uh, Jerusalem Hebrew Hammers are uh, in a struggle tussle for second place with three teams yep. and Bucharest is up. Uh, do you mm-hmm. feel like the the GMs are, are mostly... Um, are they more offensive-oriented GMs, or is this a factor of what resources are out there, or um, you know, what are what are your predictions for how this is going to look in another couple months and years? I guess kind of my view is it always seems to be kind of when I've been playing out of the park. I know, like personally, I feel more confident kind of in projecting. Um, like hitters 
to kind of the more the major league level and at least it feels like kind of a lot of the guys that you'll kind of look for off the um kind of bba scrap heap are kind of more likely to be hitters for whatever reason didn't make i know like how looking back when i first looked at my team i was very surprised that you know my star player david hall who had some success with huntsville you know kind of you know fell into the team's lap under you know one of my predecessors mm-hmm. and it um and it seems to me and i can't speak for um my fellow amoeba gms because everyone's going to value certain players differently it it seems like the um it seems like kind of the style of play and maybe the kind of the ballpark seem to be more um hitter friendly mm-hmm. And I definitely think sometimes with, um, you know, pitchers both in the game and in real life, sometimes it takes pitchers some time to develop. And I think probably some GMs like fall into the trap of, you know, you look at some of the stats and like you realize, like, for instance, like a area of like four or five, you know, that's bad in real life. But in the, you maybe that's actually pretty good. Like I know my pitching is kind of not good so it's why kind of draft wise i've tried to invest in pitching to try and develop do you feel like the offensive environment um in the umeba these days is um you know about the home run or power or is it about contact and getting on base what's the when i guess maybe a way to look at that is in the umeba would you prefer to have a guy who is a control stuff guy or are you uh, strongly looking at movement when it comes to pitchers because yeah i think overall uh, what i heard you say and it makes sense is um, and it makes sense in real baseball too is that hitters are more predictable than pitchers and so it's easier to build a reliable team out of hitters Um, but when you're off what given uh, where your offensive structure is right now in the league do what, what would you what does your gut say about the most valuable pitchers? Are they stuff and strikeout guys or are they keep it in the park guys? I mean, you know, kind of looking at my staff, I mean, I know kind of my um, partner, I think is kind of a younger pitcher who's kind of developed through the Hammers Institute, Jose um, Villarreal, the young uh, Cuban. Mm-hmm. Uh, he He's more of a strikeout guy. And I know like the Hammers, we currently lead the um, our division in in um, s- strikeouts. So, kind of, I think my own personal philosophy is kind of building the Ben Hearing style of baseball. Is I definitely prefer to have guys um, hit. I'm a big believer in your best players should usually play up the middle defensively, and I'm. Um, and I know I'm a big believer in kind of stacking my, well, I'm kind of get my best hitters kind of up near the top. So I think kind of with the pitching, I know like the movement does, could be a factor, but I honestly think kind of too, I think we're going to need more time to kind of have more pitchers kind of come through the system. Because mm-hmm. I think, you know, sometimes with some of the Umeba GMs, you know, there's if they want to move out to the BBA, they might not be thinking like long term. They kind of be looking for the 
short-term fix, which that's going to invariably be um, veterans. And I think that's going to be interesting with, you know, because obviously the governing board just raised the salary cap up to $40 million. Mm-hmm. So I think there's going to be a case of, you know, like with um, some of these veteran guys, if you bring them in on like one or two year deals and then they overproduce, they're going to want more money. And then you're going to have to kind of make some decisions. Yeah, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how the um, how the financial world uh, um, evolves within the UMEBA, and um, you know, I'm not sure where Matt is going to go with uh, Matt. Matt is just uh, an amazingly uh, intuitive person when it comes to uh, adjusting environments. I have no idea whether he's planning to increase that 40 million ever uh, again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike wouldn't surprise me if he does a little bit. Um, what? Um, let, let's uh, look at this year then. Let's uh, predictions. Look at these standings. Burtley, extremely uh, topsy-turvy competitive within the within the world. Seventy what six games or so? Seventy-four, yep. seventy-six across the uh, the league. Yeah. Um, who do you who do you see coming out of the Burt as winning the division? Uh, and who do you see as the two playoff teams? Well, I gotta say, I think I see um, Baghdad coming out as kind of winning the division. Just because um, I think when you look at uh, Jove, he's kind of done a good job of um, building his team. Um, I know he's got kind of he's probably got the better pitching. Which in this league, if you have um, at least decent pitching, you'll have a chance. I also like. Um, I also like Istanbul just um, because I think Istanbul obviously has the um, experience of, you know, winning it last year. And I think you'd be dumb to count them out based on um, that. It's hard, it's hard to uh, predict against a champion. So, yeah. So what do you see um, out of your own uh, homeland, uh, Bancroft? Uh, is Bucharest the, the hands-down winner right now, or are you guys... Um, or perhaps Athens or Beirut going to be able to chase them down? I know I have Bucharest winning the um, division because they won the division um, last year. And I think that from my perspective, the slow start just, just killed me um, in terms of kind of um, getting back in the race. The only way I'd possibly be able to get it is to, if some of the kind of the pitchers I'm looking at and I, don't want to share that on a podcast, obviously, to give <laughs> give, give my rivals um, any information, have a chance. Um, I'd say kind of if I don't make the playoffs to team, I'm honestly worried about is Athens. Kind of they could they could steal from me because uh, because as I said in a team news um, last week, if you look at Athens, they've probably raised the bar for um, expansion teams in the BBA universe, I think, because they were fresh and they didn't have to deal with, um, you know, bad bad contracts mm-hmm. compared to compared to some of the other teams where they could sign the contracts at a level they felt comfortable with. Yeah, there's some advantage to starting from total scratch. 
um, in that you don't have to deal with uh, problems left over as far as that goes. Uh, it's, it's a plus and a minus kind of game. I would I would absolutely love being a GM starting with an absolute frat, uh, scratch team. I was amazed that Athens was flying so high. I could definitely see them, them being a, uh, a big challenge. And, of course, Jim in Bucharest is a uh, established general manager, and Bucharest has been one of the most stable franchises in the UMEBA, um, perhaps for that mm-hmm. reason. And, you know, it'd be an interesting thing to look at. So, and you mentioned yeah. the team newses. I mean, that's, uh, is there anything going on inside the Umeba team news that you would point, uh, team news world or features world or whatever that you would point um, any of, any of uh, the perhaps more um, distracted PBA <laughs> uh, GMs to go check out from uh, entertainment value? Yeah. Well, I don't like, to, you know, I'm probably going to toot my own horn. I know I wrote like a week feature um, about a week ago about kind of Athens where I was comparing them to the Vegas Golden Knights, mm-hmm. which, um, you know, that might have been maybe a tad premature. I was just kind of looking at it because, you know, I had written in a team news before the season. I thought Athens and Kuwait, yeah, I probably don't have to worry about them. It's not because, you know, they're badly run or anything. But when I was kind of looking back at the last BBA expansion, you know, Charlotte and um, Port- Portland, you know, they're both getting better, but it's going to take time. And even if you look at a team like, you know, the Edmonton Jackrabbits, who are a very well-run franchise that's, you know, newer, it took them a while to get their first um, Landis. Oh, yeah, definitely. So I, I was thinking, kind of, and I wanted to kind of, Take a look because I think Neil deserves a lot, a lot of credit for the job he's done. I think it's one of the best um, GM jobs I have ever seen in any um, out of the park content, either if it's an anonymous league I've played in or you know like somebody posting about it online. There you go. I th- I I think that's kind of like it's it's one of those things and. Yeah. And you it's know, easy I think, to discount an expansion team, right? Because you think expansion team yeah. is going to come in and and stink for a while. Like you said, the Edmonton uh, cycle was uh, they had a long string of of difficult times inside the BBA, and when we expanded Wichita and Portland, are are still what uh, what was that four years ago, um, yeah. three or four seasons ago, and they're struggling, right? So it's mm-hmm. natural. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I I definitely enjoyed that feature. I think there's a lot of interesting uh, features and writing going on down in the Umeba right now. Um, uh, I like John's uh, all-star conversations uh, Mm -hmm. down into the league. Um, Anything else that you that uh, anything you would like to leave the uh, uh, anything you would like to tell BBA GMs uh, going out? that uh, we ought to be paying attention to as far as the fun part of the Umeba, the fictional part, the just the vibe? I think um, kind of definitely the fun thing, I think, for the BBA GMs to keep an eye out for is, and this is something I know I've kind of figured out was, like, when I first joined the league, I wanted to kind of figure out a way to kind of develop my own um, kind of style for um writing 
because I know like I couldn't be like you know like around what you've done in um, Yellow Springs where it's kind of like overly um, you know very detailed like you kind of get invested in and I mean that positively because you know like when that when, whenever I read your yeah like whenever I read your um, team news I feel deeply invested in um, Yellow Springs and I don't or like you know Phoenix where they they quite frankly don't give a crap about you know the team is they're just writing them because they have to or um like or you know like some of the funny stuff so like for me it's kind of about developing my voice and i think kind of my voice is kind of more of like kind of i try and ground stuff into like the real world kind of like sneak in some stuff like you know the last team news i wrote i was joking like how i went to the st louis cardinal double magic factory to I saw at least kind of yeah so yeah i think that's uh, that's that's a good point that uh the style of the gms is uh is growing i saw jove just put up his first uh um uh very uh, fun uh foray into baghdad's journalism i know greg was doing stuff when he was there um Mm-hmm. Uh, Nigel is uh, Nigel is flowing over. If people don't know it, Nigel is flowing over into the OTP boards, um, which I think is fantastic. Or not Nigel. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> uh, Neil. <laughs> Neil. Yeah. Yes. And Nigel Neil, they they uh, they all yeah. roll together, right? They they all so. roll together. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I kind of, my thing is it's definitely, it's kind of, I've had a lot of fun in this league and it's kind of more fun now where it's kind of like, I know the kind of both leagues a little um, better. I know like the thing that helped me was last postseason writing a couple of um, series previews because it kind of helped me kind of get to know some of the other um, teams and kind of get a better idea of kind of what the world is like i think with the amoeba the fun thing about us is we're still growing so kind of you can get in on the ground floor it's kind of like the best kept secret of the bba yeah. i like that um I, th- I think i will uh i think i will use that as the exit point the amoeba best kept secret of the bba um yeah the thing i would leave for bba gms who may or may not be paying as much attention to the amoeba as uh, as others is uh, the competition that's going on here is extremely interesting. Uh, with four playoff teams out mm-hmm. of ten, like you said, the percentage of playoff teams is a little higher in the Umeba, and the competition mm-hmm. is fierce right now. It's um, like watching a barnstorming league grow, which is a whole lot of fun for me. So, Yeah, um, and, I'm, and I imagine, too, it's also probably would be fun for, I know, some of the kind of more... Um, veteran GMs that I've kind of been with Matt since the beginning kind of to kind of almost kind of harkens back to what the BBA might have been like kind of in the beginning yeah that makes a lot of sense I like that a lot well thanks for your time here today Ben and uh, no problem Ron thanks for having me absolutely it's been a lot of, a lot of fun you have a good good rest of your day been listening to the BBA Today, a podcast that covers the Brewster Baseball Association every day. Music is Bold Statement, available at FesleyandStudios.com and used in attribution. Be safe and well, and we will hear you again tomorrow. <laughs>